This is Coach Lou Holtz, and you're listening to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast with Dr. Amber Selke, from the locker room to the boardroom. Dr. Amber is the best in the business at helping you and your team build the mindset that drive results. So lock in. If you can take just one thing away from today and implement it into your life, I know you'll be a better person and a better leader, coach, athlete, parent, or spouse because of it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast. This is your host, Dr. Amber Selking, where we are in season three entitled Lead to Win. Today, in our 13th episode of the season, we are going to talk about the leadership principle of Be the Example and the comparable mindset principle about fuel yourself. And so we're going to dive into each of these in just a quick second. But before we do, I want to give you a brief overview again, just what we do here at the Selking Performance Group and our whole heart and mission behind our work. And so here we are committed to helping individuals, teams, and organizations, so again, from the individual level to the system level, understand and leverage the power of mindset and leadership. So again, the individual level to the systems level to unleash performance excellence throughout an entire team or an organization. And our hope with that, right, is when we transform and renew our minds and create new habits of thinking and functioning in our people, those results don't just change for the short term or for the day, but rather for the long term and for the continuation, the habituation and the systemization of culture transformation in an organization. And so we we have a, a team of performance coaches on, on staff here that work with individual coaching. Um, we have an individual, Kayleen Curry, who's based out of Denver, Colorado, and she really works with our athletes on understanding the mental game and how to train their brains to think right and to optimize their performance in the sports space. And then we have two other leadership and sort of life coaches with us, Dr. Terry Linhart and Todd Manners. And Todd lives down in Charlotte, North Carolina, and Terry is based out of here in, in South Bend, Indiana where I'm from. And then we also have a performance nutritionist coach on staff, and that's Ashley Brown, and she's based out of Decatur, Indiana. And so we work with our clients via phone, Skype. If they happen to be in our area, we can for sure do it live as well. And the cool thing about this, right, they've actually done studies that show that electronic or over-the-phone consulting and counseling is actually as effective as as live in-person coaching. And it's really that relationship that you form with your coach or your consultant or your counselor that really helps drive the change and transformation. And so we're really intentional about pairing you with the right person that is going to help you achieve and accomplish your goals, again, whether that's sport or life or leadership. And so if you're interested in learning more about that process, please send me an email directly, amber at selkingperformance.com. And then you can check out everybody's sort of background and bios on our website, which is www.selkingperformance.com. And so again, from the locker room to the boardroom, helping you use your brain and and use your leadership and influence skills to unleash performance excellence. With that being said, again, we're going to jump into our next leadership principle to focus on, which is be the example. 
Listen, this is perhaps one of the most fundamental aspects. And you might think, well, why didn't you start with be the example? You know, before we talked about everything, why don't you say, hey, everything you do as a leader matters because people are watching you? Well, I think we've said that pretty much every single episode. Um, But the reason we want to build to this is so that you really have a clear understanding of, well, what example am I supposed to be setting, right? And what are the things that I need to focus on as a leader modeling for my people so that they can see how I want them to act, how I want them to lead, how I want them to communicate, et cetera. And so that's why over the last several weeks, you know, we walked through first and foremost, the importance of knowing yourself, right? And being mindful. That was the leadership principle that we paired it with. Uh, the No, I'm sorry. The leadership principle is know yourself, right? And the, the mindset principle was this element of mindfulness and the importance of your people knowing themselves, right? And so uh, be the example, set the image that you want your people to see. One of the one of the coolest maybe sports stories that I see about the power of an example is Roger Bannister. And so in 1954, no human had ever run a sub four minute mile. And in fact, it was the general opinion that not only was it dangerous for someone to attempt running a sub four minute mile, but it was also impossible for the human body to actually accomplish that feat. And so when Roger Bannister broke the four minute mile in 1954, it opened the world's eyes to what could be. And so within a year of that time, others went on to break that four minute mile, right? And so all of a sudden, when people can see it, they can believe that they can achieve it, right? It breaks down barriers from a mental perspective. And as leaders, we need to be able to break down that barrier and show excellence to our people. This actually comes from social learning theory, right? And this was um, this element of modeling effect was proposed by Albert Bandura and explained how people learn. And so a cornerstone of this theory highlights the importance and power of role models in teaching behaviors to others. So again, this modeling effect accounts for the large proportion of how people actually learn behaviors, the modeling effect. As someone is executing an action, right, we all know our brain sends electrical signals through our neurons into our muscles. If you don't know that, if this is your first time listening, go back and listen to season one or season two, which really emphasize the element of mindset, right? And so as you're executing a behavior, those electrical signals are getting sent through your body to execute that action. Well, we have in our brains what are called mirror neurons. So like you would look at yourself in a mirror. So mirror neurons. So as someone's watching your behavior, these mirror neurons start to fire and they mirror the neuroelectricity, electricity, neuroelectricity. It's such a vibrant word. I can't even say it, (laughs) right? That That is functioning in the doer's brain as in the watcher's brain. So as your people are watching you, their mirror neurons are firing and they're learning behavior at the neurological level. This is sort of a scary thing then too, because on the, on the flip side of this, that says to us, well, if we're watching the wrong model, our mirror neurons are still firing, right? So we are learning wrong behavior. That's what Albert Bandura told us about social learning theory. You know, it's fascinating too. I think animals learn a lot this way. I saw this cool video of this mama duck like jump off a bridge into into the river, right? And all of her little babies were behind her and they're up there like fluttering their little wings like, oh my God, no, wait. Well, mom did it. We must be able to. And one jumps off and then another one jumps off and then three jump off and, and they're all swimming around. So they learn by seeing. 
Doberman, right? My dog, Rockney, he's hilarious. He's this big, strong, fierce-looking Doberman. But if he sees something big and new, he gets a little like, wait, what is that, right? And he creeps up on it. And I remember um, some landscaping guys were out in an apartment complex I lived in when I first got him when he was a baby, so out in Missouri, right? And they had one of those big rollers that go across the yard to help flatten the, the ground out. And he came upon it and he just sort of froze, right? And he was like, what is that, mom? I don't know what this is. And at that time, it was way bigger than he was. And so I walked up to it and I was like, it's okay, Rock. Like, this is just a roller. It's metal. It's not going to hurt you. And I put my hand on it. And all of a sudden, he comes creeping up. And right beside my hand, he puts his little paw you know, just like, okay, well, if mom's going to touch it, then I'm going to touch it. And oh, okay, this thing can't hurt me. I know what it is now. So, you know, I, I don't, this is, I am not an animal behaviorist. So if you are listening and you are, you can for sure email me and correct me if I'm wrong. But just from my experiences of seeing how animals behave, you know, they learn this way as well. And so whether it's your kids or your students, um, or if you've got like, let's say you're a doctor and you have med students following you, like they're watching you, right? And they watch everything. They watch how your body language is. They watch how you communicate with customers or clients or, or patients, right? My students in my class at Notre Dame where I teach strategic HR management, they're watching me up front. How do I use my hands? How do I move? How do I, how do I communicate with them? How do I respond to perhaps a question that was a little bit off base and not really on topic? They're learning how to do that themselves one day, and that's the social learning theory. And so that's really the crux of the scientific side of why being the example is so important. So let's jump back then too of the, all the different topics that we've talked about. So leadership principle, right? We looked at building culture and, and how to visioneer. Well, as a leader, if you want your individuals to live into a culture, one, you need to embody the vision, mission, core values that, that you've spoken to them but also, as you go through the culture building process, your people are learning, okay, well, in my subunit or sub team, how do I go about d developing culture and being intentional about that? You set the standard as the leader and you're the example in that. Um, we talked about performance standards, right? And, and setting those standards of excellence. How do we hold people accountable? Do we just yell and scream at them um, in the football world? Do we just mother F them, right? In the, in the, not even football world, in the sports world. And I don't mean to sound crass there, but there are too many kids on a day-to-day -day basis that, that get demoralized and beaten down and swore at by their coaches every single day because they're not executing something properly. Now, as the leader, you have to set the example. Is that how we're going to communicate? communicate, that's incredibly disrespectful to another human being. And so you set the example of how you communicate with others when things don't go right. Then we talked about communication, right? And I guess we just a little bit of talked about communication there, but communicating with that clarity and compassion and using stories to bring your experiences and your points to life, right? Just like I told the story about Rockney, that brings social learning theory to life, even though it wasn't in a human context. Uh, we talked about team dynamics, right? And how to em empower our teams. You know, as the leader, you're setting, you're setting the example. Do we empower the people around us and below us, or do we micromanage everything? Thing, um, with a negative and, and hard fist. I mean, that you're setting the example of how your people are going to treat their people. And if they're not leading people, guess what they're learning to go home and act like? Exactly. And then we talked about systems, right? And creating continuous improvement and having this growth mindset. If you're not open to learn and to grow and to get better, 
I can guarantee you that your people are not going to say, hey, let's jump on this new learning experience and opportunity, right? We have to model that learning is a good thing or we can't expect others to do that. And so that's why we saved Be the Example as our final leadership pillar. So again, this is our final leadership pillar that we're going to talk about. Um, And then next week, we actually are going to have Notre Dame head football coach Brian Kelly on with us to talk about how he has served as the example as a head coach in football for the last 27 years, and specifically around his sort of personal transformation that, that happened over the the course of the 2017 season for for Notre Dame football. And again, looking at why his example is so important to his assistant coaches, to his players, to his recruits, to his staff, etc. So make sure you tune in next week to listen to that. Um, But again, leaders should take everything from attitude to language to actions into consideration when you think about your example. You know, if we desire to have a positive attitude in our team, then we must first model that attitude. If we want communication to be open, honest, and direct, then we should model that language. And if we think recovering after an error or failure is important, then we should model a quick refocus after mistakes occur. You know, it was fascinating last year, um, we had an, with Notre Dame, football, we just had an incredible buildup, right? We had an incredible spring football season, great summer workout, incredible fall camp, came and kicked off against Temple with an awesome home opener. And then we came back to Georgia and played Georgia at home and lost in, in heartbreaking fashion, right? And how Coach Kelly reacted and responded after that loss, I firmly believe is what allowed that team to rebound so powerfully and determined, he walked in there and loved on those boys and said, you did everything that we ask you to do. And we fell short today, gentlemen, but we are getting back on it starting in Sunday, right? So that was Saturday. So take Sunday, recover, recoup, and we're getting back on on this, right? We're going to analyze our process, figure out where we need to make an adjustment, and we're coming out with a dominant mindset for our next game. And I'll tell you what, those boys came back hard, but it started from the top. And as leaders, it's our responsibility to set that example. So, you know, when we first think about... Um, this, this leadership principle of be the example, the mindset principle that we pair it with is what we call fuel yourself, right? And here's the, here's the point of that. As leaders, we got to take care of ourselves because if we don't, we're not going to be in our optimal shape to, to give, to pour out, to pour into those that we lead and influence, right? If you keep pouring out and pouring out and pouring out, I've got a water bottle sitting right here beside me. If I keep pouring this water bottle out, guess what's going to happen? It's going to be empty before long, unless what? I take it back and I fill it up with the beautiful reverse osmosis water system that my husband, Aaron, is fanatical about. He will tell you that when he saw that, when we looked at this house to buy it, he was like, that, yes, we're getting this house. I love delicious water and reverse osmosis is my favorite. So yeah, so I have to take it back to the water system to fill it up. And once I fill it up, guess what? I can pour more out. Leaders, we are the exact same way. Parents, you are the exact same way. Coaches, teachers, kids, Anybody out there listening, you have got to fuel yourself and fill yourself up so that you can continue to pour out to others. And taking care of ourselves as leaders is a huge step in our ability to actually be the example in all of these areas that we talked about. Listen, leadership is hard. 
because everything you do matters. For yourself, because it's building who you are literally at the neurological level, but also because everybody's watching you, which means that it matters, it matters, it matters. And when everything matters, that can be exhausting unless you're intentional about fueling yourself. So the Greeks actually posited back in the day that there are four energy systems, uh, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. And they believed that those of us that can fuel themselves in each of these energy systems would become stronger and more influential. And so by fueling yourself with positive energy in each of these domains, it allows us to positively impact people and situations of which we're part, right? So again, being filled up physically, that's, you know, what are you, what's your eating habits like? What are your exercise habits like? What are your sleep habits like? Okay, those are all physical elements, and, and they contribute to the mental and emotional elements, particularly, well, I guess sleep, nutrition, for sure, impact um, mental and emotional as well. We'll talk about that a little bit more in a second, right? But physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. Emotionally, what do you do to recharge? Mentally, what do you do to stay sharp, right? Spiritually, what do you do to, to grow your character, to, to learn to think right, to transform your heart? When we talked with Todd Gongwer several weeks ago as one of our leadership interviews, he talked about how what we think upon changes actual our, our hearts. And so that's what we're talking about as it relates to that spiritual energy. And it's your faith life, right? All of those elements roll into that. And so what, one of the things I actually have my clients do sometimes is if they're struggling with sort of managing and, and managing burnout particularly, is to really think about each one of these buckets and ask themselves, what drains me physically? What drains me emotionally? What drains me mentally? What drains me spiritually? And then go back and ask themselves, well, what fuels me up? in each one of these domains. Because sometimes people just think, oh, I'm exhausted, right? And, and so they think I need to sleep more. Well, maybe it's a sleep thing, but maybe actually you're spiritually exhausted and you haven't read an uplifting book in a really long, long time. And so your spirit's just hungry for something more to fuel it, right? So maybe you dive into scripture, maybe you pick up a John Maxwell book or you know whatever books find that fuel your spirit right? That you can dive into, eat, pray, love, like go to Italy, eat some pasta and wine. I mean, for me, that is a spiritual experience, okay? I love Europe. It does something to, to my bones, right? It really, really does something to my spirit. And I love it, you know? And so great leaders are very acutely aware, right? It goes back to, to our first leadership principle of know yourself, of being able to break down, well, what parts of me are actually exhausted so that I can more intentionally and strategically refuel that energy system within me, right? So in any role, and particularly as leaders, it's important that we stay fueled up so we can continually serve the people and missions that we're a part of. And self-care is really, really important if we're going to be able to care for others in our world. You know, remember what they say on airplanes, put on your own mask first before helping others put on theirs. I don't know why I just used that voice. I'm sorry, but it's what came to mind. So I went with it, right? So yeah, they say, put your own mask on before you help others put theirs on. Same goes with leadership. I know, and this is hard, particularly, and and I don't 
often do gender segregation, but sometimes particularly for women, we struggle with this idea of taking care of ourselves and we might feel selfish for doing that. Um, Particularly, you know, if you have kids or as teachers and and whatnot, um, because our hearts might just be wired that way a little bit differently. And so I want to tell you that it is not a selfish act for you to take care of yourself. It is not selfish for you to block two hours of your day one day to sit down with a book and a cup of tea and read and let yourself get rejuvenated because what that allows you to do is show up with a different level of connection, a different level of empathy, a different level of groundedness that makes your world matter more to you um, and more so it makes the people that you interact with feel you differently. Listen, when we're talking about energy systems, we're literally talking about the energy that you bring to any moment. And when we can be fueled up in each of these areas, whether you're standing on in front of a stage of 2,000 people, or if you're sitting beside your kid at the dining room table helping them do homework, whether we're standing in the kitchen with your spouse, right, or sitting with a friend and having life talk, how you bring yourself to that moment matters. And if we want to be the example in every aspect, you know, of what we hope and dream for our own lives, for our families, for our communities, for our schools, then we have to be present with an energy that is connected to the innermost workings of who we are, of what our mission is in this world, and how we can be there in that moment for whoever it is beside us or in front of us. And that ladies and gentlemen, is why staying fueled up and taking care of yourself as the leader, as an influencer, as a parent, as a teacher, as a coach, as a spouse, as a friend, as a daughter, as a son, is one of the most powerful gifts that we can give to everybody else around us. It allows us to exemplify what it is that that we want to see for others in their lives. Peace, joy, happiness, positivity, hard work, discipline, success, whatever that means to you. And so that's the intersection when we talk about this leadership principle of be the example and this mindset principle of fueling yourself. And so again, whether it's nutrition, right? Listen, 90% of all information that actually travels between the brain and the stomach actually travels from the stomach to the brain, which means that anything you put in your stomach has direct impact on brain functioning. And it breaks my heart, you know, some of these kids that are struggling with ADHD or or autism, you know, the foods that they're eating, the sugars that they eat, sodas, candies, chips, etc., is really making their ability to focus or communicate or connect even more difficult. And so if you're interested in this nutritional piece and how it affects your performance and your brain functioning in your life, please, please reach out to me so that I can connect you with Ashley, our performance nutritionist coach, because she is so intertwined and devoted and committed to helping people unleash who they can be through eating right and balancing their vitamins and their minerals. Listen, this has a huge impact on our bodies. And And stress, right? Like stress is a part of life, but knowing how to best deal with, manage, and use stress in a productive way actually allows leaders to serve as a strong role model to your entire team. I've got a really cool TED Talk by Kelly McGonigal called How to Make Stress Your Friend. I'll I'll put it in the episode notes for you, but she's a, a, a health psychologist and her whole life has been about researching and understanding stress. And she originally thought that stress was a bad thing, but what she found is it's stress is not a bad thing. 
It's how we think about stress that actually matters. Our mindset or patterned way of thinking about stress is what actually makes stress bad for us or good for us. And if we have a perspective on a stressful situation that, ooh, that heart rate that I feel before I go stand up and give a talk to somebody. Oh, fun fact, by the way, I gave a TED talk um, at Notre Dame, a TEDx talk a couple we- last weekend um, at Notre Dame. And uh, that will be coming out soon. So when it does, I'll, I'll put that out for you. But my heart was beating, you know, before I went out there and I, my hands were shaking a little bit. And instead of thinking, oh God, here comes the stress response, I'm thinking, all right. Here we go. This is my body telling me I'm ready. So my mindset on stress is like, that's what that's what prepares me to deliver my best. And Kelly McGonigal talks about how the body actually changes. Our blood vessels and capillaries expand and constrict and relax based on not the stress, but how we think about stress. And so she says, when we have the right mindset on what stress is and what it can do for us in stressful situations... Our body actually simulates the biology of courage. So so our blood vessels and capillaries actually relax and they shouldn't that that's what a capillary would look like or a vein would look like um, it, in the state of courage. Whereas in the state of stress, those actually start to get thicker. The walls of those start to get thicker. And she's got a really good visual of this on the TED Talk. So make sure, sure you check it out. Right. So again, how we think about everything to determines how we're going to show up and deliver, which is going to be the example that we set for others. And handling stress and high-pressure situations well as a leader actually builds trust and confidence in your leadership ability. And so, again, we have to first lead in, right? This is what we mean. We talk about lead in as the leader. Take care of yourself. Stay fueled up right? Manage stress in a way that positions your body in the biology of courage. I just love that phrase that she uses, biology of courage, right? And we can activate that based on how we think. And actually, your your championship leadership training for this week is going to be to practice reframing stress in your life to create that biology of courage. So instead of looking at this upcoming meeting as a very stressful situation that's just going to kill you because you're not going to get sleep and all of these things and your boss is going to be there and all the negativity that goes with that, right? And the anxiety. I want you to reframe that and think about, wow, what an incredible opportunity I have to be in front of my boss for him to see what I can bring to the table and the impact that I can have in this. I've been working on this project for weeks. I am going to knock this out of the park. And that heart rate I feel, that's not that's not bad. That's good. That means my body's getting prepared to show up and deliver my best. As you start to reframe your thinking around those situations, the actual biology of your body in terms of your hormonal responses, your capillary expansion and constriction starts to shift. And so that's going to be your lead-in training for the week. And then in terms of lead out, right? I want you to intentionally model each of your core values through your words, actions, and behaviors. So earlier in the season, right, we talked about developing your core, your your vision, mission, and core values. And so I want you to pick one value a day throughout the course of this week and intentionally model each that core value for the day through your words, action, and behaviors. Remember, Todd Gongward called those are WABs, words, actions, and behaviors. So intentionally model each of your values. Just pick one each day that you're going to focus on throughout the course of the week. So lead in, 
right? Practice reframing stress in your life to create the biology of courage and then lead out, intentionally model one of your core values every day through your words, actions, and behaviors. And that's really going to set you up, right, to be the example. Be the example. I love the, the quote, right? Be the change you wish to see in the world. Be the example of a strong, present, compassionate, but powerful leader. Be the example of of a caring, committed, um, forgiving spouse. Be the example of a passionate, um, interested, engaged, positive teacher, parent, friend. You know, whatever it is, be that this week. Challenge yourself to be the example. Because one, you're rewiring who you are as an individual. And as you step your game up, your life is going to start to shift. And as your life starts to shift, everybody's going to start watching a little bit close, more closely. And when they do, they're going to see that hope is there for them as well. And as we continue to serve and love and pour out and give to others while still holding very high standards of excellence, right? I, don't confuse me here. We have to have both. We can be strong and loving. We can have standards of excellence and discipline. We can have forgiveness and discipline at the same time right? But be the example, right? It gives people hope, gives people courage. And that's how we're going to start impacting our families, our communities, and our world. And and that's why it's so important about who you are and what you're doing in this world. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for for your time today, for being with us. I just uh, want to thank you for for being committed to listening. I know we've got a ton of people out there that are just on this every single week and really pouring into your personal growth. and And I just want to thank you for that because that invigorates me. The emails that some of you people have been sending me about how this podcast is starting to impact how you think and how you function and how you treat others and lead is invigorating to me. So please keep sending me your stories, Amber at SelkingPerformance.com. Um, and go to our website, www.selkingperformance.com. There's a ton of, there's performance articles on there and a bunch more information. So, so please check that out. And you can follow us on all the social media. Again, Twitter, at Champ Mindsets, Instagram, Selking Performance. We're on Facebook as well. Interact with us. We send things out um, throughout the course of the week in relation to this podcast just to keep you accountable and sort of in the thread of knowing, right? And, and sort of reshifting and rewiring your brain to think like a champion and to live like a champion and that's what this is all about. So thank you for being with us. I appreciate you. And from the locker room to the boardroom, I just want to challenge you to continue building your championship mindset and leading to win. Brightview Medical is a patient-oriented medical healthcare organization with goals to change healthcare as we know it. By understanding the wasteful and costly healthcare system in place today, Brightview is able to create a unique opportunity that revolutionizes patient doctor visits, cuts back on costs, and increases patient satisfaction. They house all of their specialty physicians, CDC-level labs, and state-of-the-art technology in one building, providing a one-stop patient-centered environment, which is unparalleled in today's medical field. At Brightview Medical, they don't just practice medicine, they perform it. This episode was recorded and produced by TruthWork Media. If you're interested in having a podcast, look us up at truthworkmedia.com. TruthWork Media. Everyone has a story. Yours needs a podcast.